Do your kids want more Mystery Kids episodes? Are you sick of the same ones playing every single day? Well, we have the perfect place for you. Head over to become a Patreon today. For $5 a month, you'll get two more bonus episodes, plus episodes that are already in Patreon. Episodes like The Deepest Hole on Earth, The Great Emu War in Australia of 1932, The Bombing of Hawaii's Volcano, The Dancing Plague, The Ohio Grassman, and some animal fact episodes about the pangolin, the ai the axolotl, and the taipan, plus much, much more. This makes a wonderful birthday present for your kids and gives you way more to talk about as a family, which is the whole point of the Mystery Kids podcast. So for $5 a month, you can get two more bonus episodes plus all the past episodes. To become a patron, go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com backslash Mystery Kids Pod and sign up today. Thank you so much for your support. On today's episode of the Mystery Kids Podcast, we're going to be talking about the magician Houdini. Welcome to Mystery Kids Podcast. Welcome, Mystery Kids, to another episode. I'm so grateful to have you here. I wanted to do a quick shout out for our new patrons. Again, if you have not had a shout out yet, make sure you go to the Patreon app and send me a message with your child's name. I do not want to miss out on announcing your child. It makes me really happy to have you here. So some of our newest members are Layla Lawrence, Teddy Irons, Stefan, he goes by Steph, Petrovich. Thank you so much for supporting us, getting that extra content. And I'm just about to record a new episode for you guys all about the creature, the I.I. It's a really weird, interesting creature. So once a month, I do one on animals and once a month, I do one just on a mysterious topic like usual. So thank you so much for supporting this podcast and a huge shout out for birthdays. I missed James's birthday in May. So happy birthday, James. And then in June, happy birthday to Archer. If you want your child's birthday to be shout out, make sure that you fill out the form in the show notes below or on the Mystery Kids podcast website. Today we are learning all about Harry Houdini. Now, Harry Houdini was well known throughout the entire world as one of the best magician and escape artists. And I'm so excited to dive into a story because there's a little bit of mystery here as well. Now, Harry Houdini was originally born as Eric Weitz. So Harry Houdini was more of his show name or his stage name. And he was born March 24th, 1874. And he died October 31st, 1926. Now, I just have to point out how weird is that that he died on Halloween? I just, I find that to be an interesting um, plot twist. Now, he was what's known as a Hungarian-American escape artist, illusionist, and stunt performer. He was especially noted for his escape acts. Now, he actually chose the name Houdini from a French magician named Robert Houdin. Um, He was a watchmaker, a magician, and an illusionist who was widely recognized as the father of modern style conjuring. He did transformation magic, and he was often seen in like the lower classes. Um, He would be seen at fairs, and he would entertain other people. So that's where he chose his stage name was from. His name was Jean Eugene Robert Houdin. 
Now, Houdini first became noticed in what's known as vaudeville, which is kind of like a performance stage, in the United States. He was then known as Harry Handcuff Houdini. He was on a tour in Europe when he actually challenged police forces to keep him locked up. So originally he would use handcuffs, but then he actually went to include chains, ropes, slung from skyscrapers, so like really tall building, straight jackets, underwater, and having to escape and hold his breath inside a sealed milk can with water in it. Now in 1904, thousands watched as he tried to escape from special handcuffs that were commissioned by London, London's Daily Mirror, which is a newspaper, and he was going to keep them in suspense for an hour. Another stunt had him buried alive, only just able to claw himself to the surface, emerging in a state of near breakdown. Now, a lot of people thought that Houdini was a fake, that all of this was just fakes, that they were either like fake handcuffs, they were fake, like all of this was a fake. And so he said that he would uphold professional standards and he would expose other fraudulent artists. He also often would sue any other magicians who would imitate his escape stunts. Houdini actually made several movies, but... It didn't make as much money, so he decided to stop. He was also a keen aviator, which means that he loved to fly. And he actually wanted to become the first man to fly a powered aircraft in Australia. So his family immigrated to the United States from Hungary on July 3rd, 1878. And he came with his mother, who was pregnant at the time, and his four brothers. And this is when he actually, um, they all changed the spelling of their name. And during that time, he was known as Enrich Weiss. Um, So he would help because their family was in extreme poverty. They did not have any money and they were struggling to just put food on the table so as a child when he was nine years old he actually became a trapeze artist a trapeze artist um which is when you walk across a bar or a rope in the air and so he was known for doing this and he actually became known as and reach the prince of air he was also known for being a champion cross-country runner in his youth So he changed his name to Harry Houdini um, after that French musician. And then also he got the first part of his name, Harry, from Harry Keller, who was an American magician. So he basically like put two names together to make Harry Houdini. So he began his magic career in 1891, but he didn't have a lot of success during that time. He actually, during that time, performed as what was known as the wild man at the circus but he mostly focused initially on traditional card tricks. So a lot of people during that time was like, he's okay at doing card tricks, but he's not great. He didn't have like the finesse, which means like the experience and like the way to pull it off that made the experts great at it. So this is when he began to experience with escape acts. So escape acts are when yeah, you have handcuffs, a straitjacket, cages, coffins, steel boxes, barrels, bags, burning buildings, fish tanks, and other like perilous things that you might not make it out of. That that's what he discovered he enjoyed doing. In 1894, while he was actually working with his brother named Dash, his name is Theodore, but his nickname was Dash, he was working on Coney Island, and they were called the Brothers Houdini. And Houdini met a 
another performer whose name was Wilhelmina Beatrice Rayner. Um, She went by Bess. So Bess was initially courted by Dash, so the brother dated her, but she ended up marrying Houdini, and she replaced Dash in the act, which they became known as the Houdinis. And for the rest of Houdini's performing career, Bess worked as his stage assistant. Houdini finally became big in 1899 when this manager named Martin Beck found him and became impressed by his handcuffed act where he'd like pull get out of handcuffs and he said you need to really work on your escape acts and he helped book him into some like major performing avenues so that he could continue to perform and in 1900 he actually went across London and toured across Europe But sometimes his acts weren't taken as well. He wasn't really seen or noticed by people. So what happened was in Scotland Yard, um, he tried to demonstrate the escape from the handcuffs. And he succeeded in baffling the police so effectively that he was actually booked for six months. So he was put in jail for six months. And this is what made Houdini an immediate hit. His salary then rose to $300 a week, which today is equivalent to about $9,772 a week. So between 1992 and 1920, he appeared in theaters all over Great Britain. He would perform escape acts, illusions, card tricks, outdoor stunts, and he would become one of the world's highest paid entertainers. He was often referred to as the Handcuff King. In each city that he went to, he would challenge the local police to restrain him with shackles and lock him up in their jails. And once in Moscow, Russia, he escaped from a Siberian prison transport van, claiming that he had been unable to free himself. He would have to travel to Siberia, where the only key was kept. In 1904, he returned back to the U.S. and he purchased a home in Harlem, New York City. So in 1907 and throughout the 1910s, Houdini went with great success across the United States. And during this time, he would free himself from jails, handcuffs, chains, ropes, and straitjackets, often while hanging from a rope in sight of the street audience. The thing that made his act so popular was the possibility to fail to get out and that he might possibly die. So this was like thrilling for all of his audiences. What even made him more famous is that he would invite the public to create some kind of contraption for him so that he could try to get out of it. So they would make nail-packed crates, and sometimes they would put them into water. They would make riveted boilers, wet sheets, mailbags, and even a belly of a whale had washed ashore in Boston. So they made all these different things for him to try to escape out of. During his career, he actually would write um, some of his tricks into a book called The Handcuff Secrets, and this was in 1909. He would reveal how many locks and handcuffs could be opened with the properly applied force in one specific spot, or others could be opened with shoestrings, and sometimes he would conceal a lock pick or a key, and when he was tied down with ropes or straitjackets, he would gain wiggle room by enlarging his shoulders and chest and he would move his arms slightly away from his body so originally he would do stunts like behind a curtain so he'd get in a straight jacket and they straight jacket and they would put the curtain up so he couldn't see and then he'd like pop free at the end but the audiences were more impressed when they would do this and he could see everything so they loved when they could watch them all like 
him struggle to get out. That was the thing that would like ensure that the audiences were totally connected to his act. One of the things that he really wanted to do was he wanted to help professional and newer magicians become magicians. So wherever he would travel to, he would end up talking to local magician and magic clubs to help them get excited to become magicians. So one of his most notable escapes was called the Daily Mirror Challenge. Again, the Daily Mirror is a type of newspaper. So in 1904, the Daily London Daily Mirror newspaper challenged Houdini to escape from special handcuffs that it claimed to take Nathaniel Hart, who was a locksmith from Birmingham. It took him five years to make. So Houdini was like, I am up for this challenge. Let's do this. So he did it in London's Hippodrome Theater. It was reported that 4,000 people turned out for this event and more than 100 journalists turned out for this event as well. Now this escape went on for over an hour. So Houdini emerged from his ghost house, which was like a small screen to use to like conceal the method of his escape several times. And on one occasion, he asked if the cuffs could be be removed so he could take off his coat. So he was definitely like working on getting out of these cuffs. They were like, nope, you can't take off the coat because they didn't want him to see how the handcuffs to be taken off. So then Houdini took out a pen knife and holding the knife in his teeth, used it to cut the coat from his body. He took off his own coat with a knife in his teeth. About 56 minutes later, Houdini's wife appeared on stage and gave him a kiss. Minnie thought that in her mouth was the key to unlock the special handcuffs. However, it has been since suggested that Bess did not, in fact, enter the stage at all, and that this theory is unlikely due to the size because it was a six-inch key. So it was a pretty large key. So she would have had that in her mouth. It kind of would have been noticeable. And then in another hour and 10 minutes, Houdini emerged free. As he was paraded on the shoulders and cheering crowd, he broke down and wept. Houdini later said it was the most difficult escape of his entire career. Another one of his escape was called the milk can escape. So in 1908, Houdini introduced his original act called the milk can escape. And in this act, Houdini was handcuffed and sealed inside an oversized milk can that was filled with water and it made his escape behind the curtain. And as part of the effect, Houdini invited members of the audience to hold their breath along with him while he was inside the can. Advertised with dramatic posters that proclaimed failure means a drowning death. The escape provided to be a sensation. So Houdini soon modified the escape to include the milk can being locked inside a wooden chest. So not only was he in the milk can, he was then locked inside a wooden chest that was chained and padlocked. Houdini performed the milk can escape as a regular part of his act for only four years, but it's remained one of the most associated acts with Houdini. And even Houdini's brother, Dash, would continue to perform the milk cane escape and its wooden chest variant up into the 1940s. Another one of his acts was called the Chinese Water Torture Cell. So this is around 1912. The vast number of imitators prompted Houdini to replace his milk can act with the Chinese Water Torture Cell. So in this escape, Houdini's feet were locked in stocks 
And then he was lowered upside down into a tank that was filled with water. The mahogany and metal cell featured a glass front through which the audiences could clearly see Houdini the whole time. So the stocks were locked on the top of the cell and a curtain concealed his escape. In the earliest version of the torture cell, a metal cage was lowered into the cell and Houdini was enclosed inside of that cage. While making the escape more difficult, the cage prevented Houdini from turning. The cage bars also offered protection from the front glass if it was going to break. So this act, while it was the Chinese water torture cell, since he was like lowered in upside down, it was known as Houdini upside down um, or the USD upside down. Another one of his most popular escapes was the suspended straitjacket escape. So he was in a regulation straitjacket. He would be suspended by his ankles from a tall building or a crane, and he would make his escape in full view of the assembled crowd. In many cases, Houdini drew tens of thousands of onlookers who brought city traffic to a halt and there would be press coverage everywhere by local newspapers in new york city houdini performed the suspended straitjacket escape from a crane being used to build the subway and after he had fling his body in the air he escaped from the straitjacket start starting from when he was hoisted up in the air by the crane to when the straitjacket was completely off it took him two minutes and 37 seconds there was also the overboard box escape. Um, he was to escape from a nailed and roped packing crate after it had been lowered in the water. And this happened in New York's East River on July 7th of 1912. And so the police were like, you cannot use one of the piers. So he had to hire a tugboat and he had to invite the press and the journalists on board. So he was locked in handcuffs and leg irons and then nailed into the crate which was roped and weighed down 200 pounds of lead the crate was then lowered into the water he escaped in 57 seconds the crate was pulled to the surface and found to be still intact with the manacles inside and one of his last most famous famous stunts was his buried alive stunt so he did at least three different types of the buried alive stunt but the first one was in santa Ana, california in 1915 and it almost killed him houdini was buried without a casket so it was just like a pit a hole in the earth that was six feet deep he actually became so exhausted and panicked while trying to dig his way to the surface he actually called for help and when his hand finally broke to the surface he actually fell unconscious and had to be pulled from the grave by his assistants he wrote in his diary that the escape that day was very dangerous and the weight of the earth is killing so the mystery of houdini's death so there was an incident with houdini in a dressing room in the princess theater in montreal so jocelyn gordon whitehead actually kind of got into a fight with houdini and was hitting uh, Houdini in the abdomen and the stomach and um he was actually having he had a broken ankle and he was like laying on the couch so he couldn't get up to like protect himself and so he was like really in a vulnerable situation so he was in a lot of pain but he actually was like I'm just still gonna go on and perform tonight 
So he was in constant pain for the next two days. And he was like, I'm not going to get medical attention. I'll be fine. He finally saw the doctor. He had a fever of 102 and had acute appendicitis and was advised to have immediate surgery for his appendix to be removed. But he actually ignored the advice and decided to go on with a show that he needed to do. And when he was at the Detroit theater so it was the garrick theater in detroit michigan on october 24th 1926 it would be his last performance he actually had a fever of 104 during that performance it's reported that he actually passed out during the show but then was revived and continued and then after that he was put he was hospitalized into detroit's grace hospital so it's unknown what caused his eventual death, whether it was like him getting punched um, or the appendicitis or like a mixture of it, like both happening, or maybe that he wouldn't have even known he had appendicitis until he was hit. So they're not really sure which one kind of triggered it like each to happen. His funeral was held on November 4th, 1926 in New York and over 2000 people attended his funeral. There's thoughts that actually Houdini was murdered during this time. And in March, March 22nd, 2007's Houdini's grand nephew, who is the grandson of his brother, Theo or Dash actually um, wanted his body to be exhumed to see if he was murdered. There's so many fantastical things that happen in this story. And honestly, he was such a unique character and unique person and was able to do what he loved and share what he loved with other people. So that was all about Harry Houdini. If you are a magic fan, this was fun, a really fun episode. So thank you so much for listening. Make sure you're following us at the Mystery Kids podcast on Instagram. I've started doing like fun facts and things that happen in history on there and jokes and just like a bunch of fun things. So make sure you're following us on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure to give us a review on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next time on the Mystery Kids Podcast. Thanks for listening.